What's up, Wichita, and welcome back to the SurgeCast, the official podcast of the Wichita Wind Surge. I am your host. My name is Scotty German. Alongside me, as usual, is the voice of the Wichita Wind Surge. This is Mr. Tim Grubbs. Welcome. Well, great to be here, Scotty. Yes. Uh, it's exciting. You know, here we yeah. are closing in on opening day of minor league season, but what's more important is, hey, we've actually played a game in this ballpark. Now. We had a game. It was awesome. Finally. Now, as a Wichita, it's, man... I can't really describe it. Like I looked like a little kid when I walked through the gates. I really did. I looked like I was a three-year-old kid, just in awe because it feels to me, it feels like it's been so long ago. I mean, I remember coming to the Wingnuts games every once in a while, and even all the way back to when I was a little kid. Whenever I went and came to the to the Wranglers and stuff, but this just felt so much like it was so different. Do right. you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. you walk in, you see, and. They're starting to warm up onto the field. You got goosebumps, your hair standing up, and it's just, oh, it's finally back, man. You know, I was running around, you know, get, you know, being an employee of the club and yeah. handling uh, the PR and the media relations and everything like that. So it was a crazy day. And like, so I get here early in the morning that day. I got here like seven in the morning and started getting everything ready. So I don't think I quite you know, was ready for sure. when it really started. And, uh, you know, I saw the conk, I saw the gates open and it was exciting. And then, you know, right before the national anthem is when it hit me. Yeah. You said the goosebump thing. And oh, I was yeah. like, that's, that's when it hit me that, you know, right before the anthem, when the, they had, when, uh, the public address announcer, Derek announced yep. for everyone to stand. And there was that, that moment right before they hit the video for, of the Miss, Miss Kansas singing yeah. the national anthem that I immediately was like, Whoa, it, I got the shit. Here it comes, yeah. Here it comes, and I didn't expect it. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not that I didn't expect it, but I didn't expect it right then. Yeah. And there was that moment of, like, here we are. Uh, I moved here, uh, you know, almost two years ago. Yep. And I was here for the groundbreaking of the ballpark, was here for a lot of the different watching it co- build and yeah. construct and then have the plug pulled out a year ago and, oh god um no so it was a very uh, it was an awesome awesome experience and talking to some of the people within the last couple of days yeah. of people that were here even a couple people that i knew that were mad that they tore down oh the yeah ballpark I, I don't know if everybody's reversed course but uh, it seems like a few people have and the coverage from the local media was phenomenal. I, I heard a lot of other people do interviews yeah. saying that they were sad to see the old oh. stadium go. And uh, now all of a sudden, you know, we got something great. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, I remember playing in Lawrence Dumont. Right. I played there. I played there at least two, three times a year. It was something that my high school decided to do. So I remember that stadium. Uh, I remember the dugout. I remember the tunnels. I, rem- I remember everything. That place was falling apart. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I've heard some stories. Yes. I heard that the, the concrete, um, the yeah. seating bowl did not even have any rebar. No. Which is amazing for a building that was built in 1934. And slightly dangerous. lasted that long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And it's so, it's so insane. I mean, I, I, it was so cool to finally go into the new stadium, see obviously a game plan. But I was walking around and I was seeing people that I knew. You know, it was right. really, really cool to go up and I'm like, like hey. And, and they know that I'm doing the podcast and everything now. And they're just like, man, this is cool. This yeah, is really, no. really cool. Ten times better. You know, all of the really, really nice comments and now guess what we're finally finally on our way finally on our way and uh, I, I think the reviews have been written yes. you know I get it I understand I, I grew up going to Pittsburgh Pirates games at one of the worst stadiums 
oh, probably yeah. a Major League Baseball, Three Rivers Stadium. Yes. I was at the final game there um, 20 years ago, and that place still has a An emotion, fondness yeah. to me, yeah. even though it wasn't great. And then I go back to Pittsburgh, my hometown, and, and go to PNC Park, which would be arguably the best Major League Baseball stadium. Very, now. very arguably. Yeah, and... and <laughs> You know what I mean? And it yes. doesn't have the same feeling, even though I love that ballpark because right. I didn't grow up. I didn't, I was, you know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. the same thing as going to old three rivers. And so I get it. So when oh, people yeah. say the sentimental feeling, sure. even for a place that was falling down, yeah. I totally get it. And, and I feel that way about some other, you know, minor league ballparks that I used to go sure. to that are no longer used that I can still have that same feeling. Obviously, Rosenblatt and Omaha, oh, you God. know, with the College World Series and everything, it's gone. That place was in bad shape when I they know. tore it down. And But I do, I, I understand progress, and I am one of those people, but I also... I'm one of those, you can be sentimental about buildings totally. as well. No, you struck a nerve with that one. You're exactly right. Because Rosenblatt, I, I remember going to the original Rosenblatt. I remember the right field, left field, right field. <laughs> that was probably one of the best years of my life. I went two years in a row and saw Oregon State beat uh, North Carolina. Okay. It was the last time I was there. And that, and that was one of the last years that they had it. But I completely understand the whole sentimental value. But now with this new thing i can honestly say after talking to a whole bunch of people that had hands into making the stadium all of the things that they thought of when they made it now people experienced their first game there got to see a lot of things and maybe they didn't even notice the thing that i noticed the most was how much space you have in your seat well yeah that was one of the things we have promoted a lot yes is the the width of the concourse yes the width of the actual width of your seat Mm -hmm. the width of the the leg room Mm -hmm. you know for people like me and you who aren't necessarily that tall i'm short it's okay it doesn't matter but (laughs) for you know when you see you know people that are bigger than us you know hey you know they've got that leg room and for people that like to get up and and go grab a beer or go go to the restroom you're not necessarily interrupting everybody in your aisle correct if you didn't get an aisle seat if you're stuck in the middle that you can walk by sure and then on top of that you need to go to the concession stand and stuff like that and instead of going down the concourse at lawrence dumont now you just turn around yeah you turn around you can watch the game yeah. While you're in line to get exactly. you know, whatever food or drink you need. So it is there mm-hmm. and it wraps all the way around. It goes 360. Mm-hmm. And the and the, the menu was only a limited menu for right. for the first game. Because right. obviously you got three hundred people working in concessions and hospitality. They absolutely they they were learning yeah. the ropes. But so there's gonna be more expanded food and some some nicer options, right. I think, down the line and some stuff to look forward to. But it was also really kind of cool because and with with the conversations that you, me and you have and I mean you got to think about it. I mean, this, this stadium has been ready to go for over a year. Right. So everything, including the plumbing and all this other stuff has literally been, been just sitting for a year. So everybody's just worried like, Oh my goodness, like if we're going to have a problem and it looked, it sounded like everything went, and you always well. joke around about you don't yeah. know how it's going to function until <laughs> right. you know until the first time five thousand people flush the toilet at the same <laughs> at time. At the same time, <laughs> and you know there were some hiccups and there were some things. And even though the building itself has been ready to go, the staff and the, there were still so many boxes that were unchecked sure. that you couldn't do until you finally had a game. And right. I think it was great uh, that the Shockers opened it up. Yeah. You know, and that. 
the, the first pitch of the game was, was, was incredible. The first pitch was the first hit. Yeah. You know, it was whacked right yep. back up the middle, and you're like, oh. And then it was a quick double play. Yeah. I think that was my first reaction to the ballpark is, you know, Houston got a, a base hit, and then, you know, moments later there was a double play, and the place erupted. Yep. Like, you didn't, if you didn't know what happened, you were like, whoa, well, yeah. this place is... <laughs> and I hadn't heard a crowd like that at a sporting event in a, I guess close to two years yeah. because you had over 7,000 people in the building and yeah. it was, it was, it was definitely uh, it, it, a little emotional yeah. and it was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun to see the place come alive. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I was, uh, I was one of those people that, that screamed whenever we get that right. double play. Uh, we got the first home run. Uh, the bottom of the first. Yeah. It was a double and then a two-run home run. Right. So. And then a grand slam. And a grand slam in the fourth or fourth or yeah. fifth inning. And it was a, it was kind of a blowout most of the game. Yeah. But I don't think it really mattered. I think most people that were at the game were just – it was more of an experience. Absolutely. Than it was to go to a baseball game. Com- completely agree. I mean, can you imagine being one of those players out on the field? Like, just how hyped you must have been, right. especially with the fans and stuff like that there. I mean, everybody was – I mean, you could just – feel it and that was just such an amazing experience I, I i listened to i watched the post-game interview they did a zoom interview uh, with the guy that started the game jace kaminska uh-huh. a, a kansan yeah you know and a, and a lot of the shocker roster is people from elsewhere mm-hmm. you know so the guy that got to throw the first pitch is from kansas That's and, he so ta- cool. and he talked about how pumped he was <laughs> and those guys you know have not played in front of seven thousand people no. In, in years, you know, because they didn't have that last year. Right. They didn't have it at all this year. It was the seventh largest game, attended game in NCAA in 2021. Wow. So that came, and on the other six ahead of them are all SEC games. Naturally. So those guys were, were excited. I think the whole team was. I don't know if you noticed, and I didn't notice it in real time, but I noticed it on the highlights. After the two-run homer, the, the guy that came around to score the first run, he stomped on home plate. <laughs> like, he wanted to make it with authority. That's, you know, kind of like how you would think Bill Rafferty would make the call on a slam dunk. I did, not, you, you, I did not see that. I, Man, if that you see the highlight, so happy. <laughs> you, the kid knew what he was doing. Like, That's he knew awesome. when he came around third and, and he just stopped right in that batter's box and just did an authoritarian <laughs> explanation point. Uh, that's so awesome. That's so great. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that we had, we all had a great time. I hope everybody had a great time that uh, had the opportunity to go, but we got more games coming up. Yeah. We got a lot more games coming up. Absolutely. So looking forward to seeing more events here inside the stadium. Yep. That's right. We now um, have a date for the home opener, right? We, we now have, a date that we can actually call will be the wind surge home opener. And that's going to be on the 11th. Yes. May of the 11th. So the wind surge start their season May 4th mm-hmm. in Springfield, Missouri. And then a week later, May 11th will be the wind surge opening day uh, in uh, this ballpark. So that'll bring up a whole new <laughs> sense of emotions and excitement and uh, you know we'll have a roster in the next two weeks maybe on our next pod we can start talking about players they're still in spring training trying to you know work out the roster yeah. at Fort Myers but I think we're getting to that point where we're, we're, we're going to start talking more baseball yeah and uh, you know what's going on on the diamond and some of the game itself so I'm excited about that if, you, if, you, if you're not watching this I mean you can you can just see my myself just yeah. glowing because I'm I just again I feel like a little kid with this whole ordeal this is in, this is incredible um, but 
the other thing is, is that like what you talked about, you're going to be on the road. Right. No. So I, so if you want to follow the team, obviously, you know, the broad, the radio broadcast is kind of like your only connection to the road. Obviously there's a lot of social media nowadays, you know, where the game will be updated scores, you know, whatever on all the different social media platforms, but the actual play by play, you know, I get to do, and hopefully I haven't forgot how to do it. I haven't done a game in like 18 or 19 months now. <laughs> but um, hopefully it comes back to me pretty quick. So I'm excited to be on May 4th calling the first wind surge broadcast from Springfield as we take on the St. Louis Cardinals AA affiliate. And, um, you know, obviously we are the now the Twins right. AA affiliate. So there's a lot to learn. And, you know, one of the things I try to do in the broadcast is talk about the guys. Yeah. You know, give you a quick bio of who's who and try to – so you can learn, you know, what college this guy went to or sure. what's this guy's background and, and go from there. And that's, I kind of think, one of the, like, things that I, I guess uh, us Wichitans kind of really do enjoy knowing and getting to know some of these guys. And that's going to be the avenue to be able to do it. You're going to be able to talk to them, you know, be able to tell you tell all of the fans about these particular guys because that's I think something that all of us really do um, but I tend to think that Wichita's really do love their players that yes. represent them that's and that I've, I've learned that in my time that I've lived here that you know they do care about the backstory yeah want to know more about the guys and, and hopefully we're able to to get that yeah. You know, because I don't know, we still have a lot of COVID That's protocols true. that we're still learning. And That's true. How many pregame interviews will I be able to do? You know what I mean? Can I do it? I still think it can be done. I don't know what the rules will be. Right. I mean, I know I can stand six feet apart. Sure. You know what I mean? I know we can get this done. It's just whether or not I'll be allowed. And, you know, that's when you really can get to talking to guys and kind of figure out you know, Absolutely. their career path and, and, and where they've been and what they've done and, and you know, hopefully where they're going. Right. Because, you know, you went to Wrangler games oh, yeah. and, and Wingnuts games and uh, other teams and, you know, people that made the trip down to OKC to see that club or, or to Tulsa, you know, when you take a look at some of the alumni, you know, the list of Major League Baseball, I mean, it's everybody played in minor league baseball. Exactly. Like everybody. It's not like, Oh, only X percentage of them. No, it's, it's 100%. percent. Yeah. I think Dave Winfield was the last guy really to go draft to major league baseball. Yeah, um, Steven Strasburg spent a little bit of time in minor league baseball. Sure. There are some guys with limited time, but you know, everybody makes the jump. It's totally unheard of now. It's totally unheard of. Totally and I, unheard of. And you know, obviously, um, you know, uh, Wit, uh, the kid for Kansas City, had mm -hmm. a great spring training, and mm -hmm. I think a lot of people thought, "Oh, wait a second, he might go." Now he had still played forty some games. Whit Merrifield. No, it's not Whit Merrifield. Oh. It's um, I'm drawing blank. Uh, Kevin Whit. No, it's it's a different name, and I'm drawing blank on nah, it. That's okay. But um, it's not Whit Merrifield. Whit Merrifield spent a lot of time in minor league yeah, baseball. That's that's why I was like, which I about. feel like that's why you know he's a kid that I don't think anybody ever projected to be a major leaguer and look what he's done he's and that's the, a, those are the best stories he's had a great career yeah and uh, you know he'll still have a great career because right. he's still he's in his young 30s yeah but, i mean he's still a really good everyday player but the but the cool thing and the exciting thing is that there are going to be those players that we're going right. to have the opportunity to go and see and you can sit there and tell you know your kids your grandkids whenever you grow old and you know you're gonna go i got to see that guy play see that guy play yeah, yeah. but and, before everybody knew he was going to be a star and for people who come to the ballpark a lot I think the one of the really cool things is to be able to pinpoint who you think is going to be good yep. and who you think is going to be 
marginal and average guy, and I'm wrong on it a lot. Yeah. Like, you ask me who's going to be good, and I'm like, yep, that guy's going to be really good. And then he turns out to be, uh, oh, well, I kind of missed on that one. That one, will, that guy will be like a number five starter or something <laughs> in the big leagues. And, whoa, that guy's turned out to be pretty good. Because their development, you know, I mean, all it takes is an adjustment here and there. And there's yeah. a big difference. Yeah, it turns out that guy is Greg Maddox. So yeah. I'll be gosh darn. Yeah. So that's no, the way I mean, it that's works. The thing. That's the way it works. I mean, I've seen the list of players that I have seen in minor league baseball is, is incredible. Yeah. You know, the Johan Santanas, who or I did think was going to be really good. Yeah. Uh, the Carlos Beltrons, who I saw as oh, like an 18-year-old coming so up. That's crazy. Uh, you know, the, I've seen Vladimir Guerrero, the dad. Yeah, the big daddy myself. Vlad. Yeah. I saw him <laughs> as an 18-year-old play. And, you know, the list goes on and on of all, of all the greats. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, especially uh, at least get to our first segment that we we're going to talk about. We talked a little bit about you going on the road, but do you have any good on the road stories? On the road stories of like where I eat? No, like, like where that? you go. I mean, or just anything with the club, anything that you see, especially whenever you go on the road, you're away from your family. I know right. that a majority of the time. And especially when you go on the road this year, I think what you told me was it's, it's going to major. It's going to be pretty much by bus. So are we you, go by bus. There's yeah. no flights anymore, right. at least for this season for us. That's the reason why when you take a look at the schedule, we don't go everywhere in our league. We do not go to uh, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. We do not go to Corpus Christi. We do not go to Frisco. All three of those cities in Texas. Not that Frisco's the furthest away. It's just the way they, they did it. Sure. So we do go back to the same cities a few times. We go to Springfield a couple times. We go to Tulsa three times. Um, so we, we go to Little Rock, I think, twice. So the one thing, and these are all new cities to me for the most part, yeah. being in a new league. I uh, have been to Tulsa for basketball and for other sports. But the one thing that I kind of do is I have, I have a couple of rules, and you wouldn't think this because I'm not really overweight or anything, <laughs> I'm, although I'm sure people would be like, yeah, you could lose a few, and I'm sure. <laughs> me too. But I do, I, I, I have two rules. I, I try to eat at restaurants that I cannot eat in Wichita. That's a good rule. That doesn't rule out franchises okay if it's a franchise we don't have i will go sure um you know i try not and then i try to eat it you know i'm a diners drive-ins and dive kind of guy so (sighs) over the years of traveling through what was triple a the pacific coast league i i try to knock out a lot of those yeah I, i had a running tally at one point i think i probably need to redo it but it's somewhere around 75 of the different diners drive-ins and dives that guy had been guy to Fiat, yeah, for, that, Fiat, that I, yeah and i try to look them up and then i look them up on the internet and, and if i haven't seen the show you know sometimes if you did see the show you you do the refresher on youtube or sure. something just to see all right what did he eat there and i do try to eat what he eats oh, just so man. i can evaluate to see if he was bragging or if he was like all right. I'm I, doing I'm doing that from now on. Yeah, you, yeah no, I, you totally I do. Just it's a food it. thing, that, you know, and I like to try to do. And, you know, obviously I got all new cities. Yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, I don't know, you know, what all are, what is all out there yeah. with these cities, but uh, I'm looking forward to trying to discover some of this. Spoiler alert, I think, uh, and it happens, it always seems to happen in every single sport, whether it be basketball or baseball or even our, our uh, hockey team that we have here in, in Wichita. I do have a feeling that we are probably going to be rival with a Tulsa team. Tulsa would be the, the rival, yeah. I would assume. I, I can al- already call it right now. We play them more than any other team this yeah. year. It is an easy drive between here and Tulsa, I think, for both sets of fans. Yeah. They've got a beautiful, relatively new ballpark downtown as well. I think it's about 10 years old, but mm-hmm. it is one of the best stadiums in A baseball. So I, I do think that'll be the rival. Yeah, I agree with you. 
Okay, moving on. We're going to get to a couple of new things that uh, we kind of briefly touched on last episode, but uh, there are going to be some new rules coming out within this year and then possibly even next year that we're kind of going to brief up on. Um, Tim, go ahead and give us a couple of rules that that you got at least written down because I didn't get to write all of them down here. Right, so minor league baseball and is, is run by major league baseball, so... One of the big things between minor league baseball and major league baseball is obviously to develop the players. Sure. You know, get get the guys developed so they can get to the big leagues. And that's what it's all about. Sometimes it's not about wins and losses. Right. So I will say that squared away. But the, the other thing that major league baseball loves to do is play in the, in the minor leagues. Yes. In the past, uh, I've been in minor league baseball 25 seasons. If they made a rule in the minor leagues, um, it typically was AAA and AA had the same set of rules. And then sometimes they tinker with single A being a little bit different. But for the most part, it was the same rules almost all the way up. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, they've done some different things. Double yeah. uh, A, which is where we play here in, in our league, they are going to implement all the infielders have to stay on the dirt. Okay. So the other rule, so that's the only rule we have to start okay. the season. At the midway point of the year, they haven't decided if they're going to green light this or not, but they may also prevent players. So if you're a shortstop or third baseman, you must stay to the left of second base. Uh. They have That is not going to be at the beginning. Um, if you are a first baseman or second baseman, you need to stay to the right. I don't know if they'll end up doing it. It's something that they, sure. they want to see with pulling the infielders in to making them play on the dirt, what happens, you know, because you never gotcha. know. You don't know the reaction. Sure. We all know when you've got a list of, do- when you have a thing of dominoes and you push that one down that they all go. Sure. They want to see the reaction of just pulling the infielders in to see what happens. And then they may start tinkering with staying on sides yeah. or however you want to look at it. What do you think about that? I- I'm interested to see the result. Okay. You know, I'm okay with it. Um, I'm one of the guys that, you know, I mean, obviously I've watched baseball my whole life. I am not resistant to change. Sure. I kind of like tinkering with things. Yeah. I'm a big NFL fan. Yeah. The NFL tinkers with rules every, every year. year, and I don't think it really hurts the product. I think tradi- there's more traditionalists in baseball mm-hmm. that, that are just hate rule changes where everybody in the NFL is okay with it. Everybody is okay with changing it. Like obviously, you know, a quarterback from the seventies, like a Terry Bradshaw, his numbers aren't anywhere near like Terry Bradshaw's numbers now, or what the equivalent of what Sure. somebody who played like four years, Patrick Mahomes might already (laughs) be ready to eclipse Terry Bradshaw's career pretty quick in yards past because it's just a, it's in a lot of ways, it's a different game. Yeah, I know. I completely agree. Both, both games were good. Yeah. Both games were great, but it's just a different sport. Um, I'm okay with these rules for one year, and I want to see what happens. Okay. I can. Um, I'm, I'm kind of that way. I, 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 we talked about this in our first podcast. I didn't like the extra inning rule mm-hmm. initially, and now we have it in the big leagues, at least temporarily, right. for the second year. I turned out that I really like it. Yeah. My first opinion was wrong. I remember doing a radio interview about it, mm-hmm. thinking, oh, this is going to turn into softball. <laughs> this is going to turn into, you know, like a, you know, a beer league game. Yeah. Why don't we just flip a coin or do home run derby in the 10th? 
I turned out I love the strategy. I love the way it worked. Sure. And I get that. I guess with with me, I am I am your typical traditionalist. Right. I, I'm the guy that that oh, don't you dare change a single yeah. thing. Leave it the way it is. It's always been great. Uh, and and I know that I can be wrong from time to time. I, I do actually really enjoy whenever the infield has an extreme shift on uh, to somebody who, and obviously uh, people that know me very well, I'm a huge St. Louis Cardinals fan. I, I grew up as a Cardinal fan. Uh, and one of one of our hitters on our team, or a uh, player on our team, is, is Matt Carpenter. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy is a lefty that hits 90% of his baseballs on the right field side of the right. diamond. So everybody just plays, and you do. You have the third baseman literally standing on second base. Yeah. What I have a problem with in that particular regard is lay a butt down, dude. That's, that's, I'm, I, I, I do, I'm one of those people that's like, I don't care if you are a guy that hits 45 homers a year. I don't either. If you see that shift like that, put a butt down. Just lay it's it down. It's an easy hit. And let me, let me tell you, you something. You get a, the best players in baseball get a hit 30% of the time, roughly. Yeah. You know, a 300 hitter is a good hitter. That's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. <laughs> and if they're playing like that and you can put a bunt down and yeah. you can essentially walk to, to first, first base to get a hit. You may even get a double out of it right. sometimes. And I understand the analytics say sure. differently and they want you to hit home runs. And, yeah. and a lot of these rules are... So baseball, like, it's funny because Theo Epstein, the, the guy that broke the curse in Boston with the Red Sox, mm-hmm. broke the curse in Chicago, Chicago with the Cubs. I mean, this guy is, is unbelievable because he used analytics with Bill James and everybody to change the game, to, to break the two biggest curses in baseball history. He now is in charge of all the rules in Major League <laughs> Baseball, and he's the one that's implementing a lot of these rules. Not just him alone, but he's sure. the one that's overseeing all this. Breaking all the analytics that he started, you know, there you 10 go. or 15 years ago, at least That's started crazy. to really work it. So I'm interested to see how it happens. I don't think necessarily a, a lot of these rules that we're talking about today, I don't think will ever ever make it to Major League Baseball, okay, that's fair. at least in their current form. Yeah, I, I do. But I do think that some of them could tinker. You know, obviously the CBA with the owners and the players is up next year. So this would be the year to tinker with it a little bit more yeah. just to see because it everything has to be negotiated at the Major League level. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people love the DH. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, you know, not, I'm not that guy. <laughs> I'm not that guy. I, I grew up in a National League city. I yeah. love the double switches. I like when a starting pitcher is pitching a really good game in the sixth or seventh inning, and it's a 2-2 game. you got a runner at third base, and the pitcher spot comes up to bat. Yeah. Do you pull him? <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you have to pull? I like that the manager has to make that decision. Sure. Do you know, or do you let the pitcher get up there and probably roll over or strike out, and you missed your scoring opportunity? Sure. In the American League, they don't have to think about that. You yeah. know, they have a DH that's making $20 million a year or whatever. Come up there and, and, and maybe win the game or maybe, you know, whatever happens. So I like the more of the strategy of it. I think it was uh, a good friend of mine named Jeremy Joseph that said uh, he doesn't like the DH because it, it is not the definition of what baseball is because baseball says it's a game played with nine guys. Right. With a DH, there's ten. It becomes ten. And so... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with him on that one. Yeah. No, <laughs> so. I get you. Now, so, so we talked about the double-A rules. Sure. And uh, triple, and we'll go, we'll go through the other leagues pretty quickly. Sure. Triple-A, they're making the bases larger. Yeah. So the, the, the bases at triple-A are going from 15 inches to 18 inches. Gotcha. So that's going to promote more infield hits. And Obviously, if I'm a 
yep. speedy kid running down the first base line. I'm going to be a little bit quicker to the bag. Yeah. It also promotes stolen bases. Absolutely. I like stolen bases. I love stolen bases. I know analytics says don't attempt to steal a base <laughs> because the guy at the plate could hit a two-run homer. If you get thrown out trying to steal second, but it's only a one-run homer. Right. But I get it. I like the I like the triple. I like stolen bases. Yeah. I like speed baseball. So that's triple A. Yeah. And most of these rules, like we said, are there to kind of speed up the game. Yep. Or to, so there could be more action. Right. So often there's not enough action in the current brand of baseball. So that's why they're tinkering with all this. So with single A, they have a rule where the pitcher has to step off for a pickoff. So there's no more lefties yeah, picking so off to little, first base. A little pickup. Now we do not have that rule here. So this will promote. Thank goodness. This will promote more stolen bases. Sure. So I think you can kind of see a theme here of what some of the things are. One of the other single A leagues, Low A West, they are they do. We we started the pitch clock in minor league baseball a few years mm-hmm. ago. They are lowering the pitch clock. The pitch clock at Double A you'll see is 20 seconds. They are going to try 15 seconds which is really quick. Man. So I'm interested to see, you know, what happens there. Now, that's minor league baseball. Minor league baseball also has, you know, what we had here in Wichita for years, the wing nuts. Mm -hmm. Um, There is independent league baseball. Yeah. But now with the new format, the Atlantic League is a partner league. So it's still independent, but Major League Baseball is going to... Some of its rules will go to that league oh. in exchange for some money. And you know how everything works. Oh, out. yeah, absolutely. In the world, everything leads back to Dollars. money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they are, they are doing, uh, they're going to do the umpire strike zone, uh-huh. automatic balls. I and heard about that. Yeah. They're going to try that. I still don't know how much the technology is there. Yeah, but what, what do you how think? how accurate it is. Like, for example, like if you step up to bat and then a second later a six-foot-five guy comes up to bat, yeah. how accurate is it going to be yeah. like within the box? I know when I watch tennis, you know, you hear the beep, yep. you know it's out of bounds. Right. Like you, you know how that works. I don't know how accurate it is. I, I think it's a little, it, it's like an iPhone-like device. There is still an umpire because he still has to make calls. Okay. But he says strike, and, and it just, I don't know what it does. It either buzzes or something. It'll indicate to him. Yeah, and, and, like, and that one is probably one of the bigger ones where I'm kind of frustrated with. It's like, that's, that's part of the game. It's part of the game. Um, obviously, it ruins, you know, you being a Cardinals fan, Yadier Molina, yeah. part of his Hall of Fame resume is how he frames pitches. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, if it doesn't matter who the receiver is, then that changes it goes away. everything. I do see the inconsistencies yeah. of, of an umpire um, and how they call. You know, sometimes if it's Max Scherzer pitching, sure. as opposed to a guy that we may never have heard of, Scherzer gets the calls. <laughs> That's right. The other guy doesn't. <laughs> I see the inconsistency. I get it. Um, the no. one thing I won't point out, because Major League Baseball has had some issues early this season, there is no replay at all here at Riverfront uh, okay. Stadium. So the umpires are never going to go to the headsets, okay. to, at least at this point. Some of the other rules in the Atlantic League, the automatic ball strike there, that's also in low A, too. Mm. They're proposing that. So that is not at our level. Um, to kind of promote strikeouts um, or to get, kind of get rid of strikeouts a little bit is they're not going to do this till the second half of the season, but they're moving the mound back a foot. That's ridiculous. That's, that's, that's the one that I'm kind of <laughs> – so the mound has been in the same spot uh-huh. since 1893. Yeah. So I don't think we have any listeners or viewers today that were around before the mound got put there. Right. 
I'm kind of one of those people, like, as a person that had watched this ballpark get built, okay, so how does, I don't want to put all that work on the grounds crew for no. him to move the mound back either. I know it's just a foot, <laughs> but still, there's some work there. There's definitely. They, it, the extra time that the hitter gets by one foot, they think will promote more action pitches, more contact, less strikeouts. So I'm interested to see. I'm glad that is not in our league. Yes. I'm glad I'm not having to talk about that. But I am, you know, I'm one of those people. I don't know how much it'll change. I, I hope. We, we have a lot of arm injuries in pitching. Mm-hmm. I see it all the time. You see guys blow out their elbows, screw up their shoulders. I hope. I know it's only one foot difference. I see these guys throw long toss in the outfield. It's not like one foot is that big of a difference. It does change the framing. It does change. Yeah. And, and the one thing I did not realize, um, strikeouts have gone up every single season in 15 years. So, I mean, wow. there's a stat with the exception of last year. With the single, with the shortened season, um, the other stat is from 2005 till now, um, the average fastball is three miles an hour faster. That yeah, that makes. And sense. we're not talking about 1975. We're not talking about 1955. We're talking about 2005. Right. It's not that long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that I notice it from watching the games. I can see the the gun, mm-hmm. and I watch it from the games that we play. I know, you know, when I first got into this, if you threw 90, you were pretty good. Yeah. Now you kind of get laughed at if you top out at 90. Um, Unless you're Greg Maddox. Yes. Well, and and I like those guys. I like the pinpoint guys. So I'm interested to see the results. I am not one of these people that is, uh, you know, downplaying all this. The other rule that I kind of like in the Atlantic League is called the double hook. Ooh. You and I talked about the DH. Uh Uh-huh. We... I, I think we both have admitted it. We're de- we, we we're like national, nationally, yeah. guys, but yeah. we both probably see the future is coming. Yeah, The DH is probably coming to the National League. They're going to probably negotiate it. Mm. I don't like it. The double hook is kind of something that people like you and I maybe are like, hey, I like this. So the DH starts the game. Okay. When you pull the starting pitcher, you lose the DH. See, From I, that point on, okay. from that point on, the pitcher bats or you have to use a pinch hitter. Hmm. At that point, you use your depth. Okay. You know, so if you have three or four good hitters on the bench, you get to use them. An American League game. Yeah, okay. When the game starts, the nine that are put out there, other than pitching changes, are traditionally the nine that finish the game. Where in the National League game, you look at the box, just look at the box score, the difference of sizes between an AL game and a National League game because of all the double switches and the pinch hitting and all that stuff. So I do kind of like the double hook. If they're going to get rid of pitchers hitting, then I think that is a decent compromise. They haven't done this before. So obviously there's going to be some results that we don't expect. Like what it gets rid of the opener, Mm -hmm. you know, one of those things that Tampa likes and start, you know, you use your starting pitcher for one inning. Yeah. What happens if the starting pitcher gets hurt in the first inning? Yeah. Or he gets smoked. Just smashed. The manager has to think, okay, do I pull my starter here? We're down four nothing yeah. in the top of the first inning, and now I just lost one of my best bats yeah. if I pull him. Strategy changes completely, you yeah. know, with some of these rules. And I guess that's why I really I really enjoy the National League, just kind of like you, is, is, is to be able to see that strategy play out. And with the American League, uh, they don't as much, but... I do still like how one has it and one doesn't have it, depending on what ballpark you play in is by the rules you play on. So there's something that's kind of nostalgic for me with that or ingrained in me. I kind of expect that. So I guess uh, we'll see how it works. So I spent the last 18 years in AAA, and all of the years I was in AAA, we were a National League team. So we had the pitcher 
hit oh, a yeah. lot. Now, when we played American League teams, we had the DH involved. So there were games that I did DH. Now we're Twins affiliates, so we will have the DH all the time, no matter yeah. what. But it was, it, was, it was interesting to see the different styles. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. Uh, do you have any other rules that you want to I think talk it's about? it. I think, I think that's, that's it. We, we, I, didn't, I just wanted to rip through them really quick. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, there'll be some more rule changes coming. And obviously, if, if you're a minor league baseball fan or a major league baseball fan, you're going to see some different rules, you know, in 2022, you know, especially at the minor league level as they continue to experiment. Coming to a city near you. Yeah, they're just trying to speed Ugh. up the game in a lot of ways. And all, obviously, we all know this. All you have to do is call more strikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing, and this is, this is the, the traditionalist in the sports mind that I have. Do you realize that there is more action time in baseball than there is in football? I had not realized that. That is true. If you take an average game of the action time in baseball, and that includes whenever the pitcher releases the ball to throw the ball to the catcher every single pitch, if you take all of the time that the ball right. is live and you compare it to a professional football game, baseball almost always is more action time than football. Hmm. So your argument about speeding up the game is not valid. I just saying. <laughs> I did realize that an average NFL game is still substantially longer yeah. than an average major league game. Isn't that crazy? You know, so everybody, everybody talks about that Chiefs game took forever yesterday. Yeah, that's but true. They will say that Royals game that's took right. forever yesterday. <laughs> and you might be looking at the same amount of clock, yeah. you know, when it's all said and done. But that's it. That's baseball. There you go. Well, uh, and then lastly, uh, obviously, we've got uh, the first uh, home opener for the Wichita Wind Surge. And so, obviously, tickets are going to be on sale coming up soon, I believe. Yes, Saturday, April 24th. Tickets will be on uh, May 24th. Yeah, it's that's weird right. for me to say that. No, April, April, 24th, April 24th. Yeah, Because baseball season, all my months are screwed up. Yeah. I'm used to spring training being in February and March. Yeah. Spring training still going on here in April. <laughs> Our opening day is in May. You right. know, so I've been screwing up the month a lot. Lately. Oh, I believe it. I probably good thing I don't write checks anymore. <laughs> very few of them because I'd probably be writing the wrong ones. Oh yeah. But no. So um, April twenty fourth, we're going to sell tickets right here at Riverfront Stadium. Obviously, you can still purchase tickets online. Mm -hmm. Windsurge.com. There'll be a lot of digital ticketing this year, but you can come to the ticket windows and purchase tickets in person. There you go. That's amazing. And then promo schedule coming out soon. That's what I'm excited for. So we'll get to see what, uh, you know, what's coming our way. That's the best part, man. It is. The promos, the promos and like the, the fun things that are done in a major or a minor league uh, baseball stadium compared to they don't do as much of them in major league baseball. We won't be able to do as much this I'm year. I'm sure. I figured that. But there's still, we're still working on ways to do it. And, mm -hmm. and I've always said, you know, I mean, in minor league baseball, it's, you know, you don't necessarily want to go get your drink in between innings because right. you might miss something that's really cool and something that's fun right there on the field or up there on the big video board. Yeah, absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have for today, unless you've got anything else you want to say. That's all I got. I'm that's just, all I, got? Uh, I think the next time we convene or pretty close to it, we might be actually talking about players. players coaches and uh, you know the upcoming schedule yeah well guys that's all i got for today thank you guys so much for listening to the surge cast we sincerely do appreciate it. you can watch us on uh, youtube still or just mainly facebook i think it's facebook it's youtube there you and go. then you can if you don't you can listen to us if you download the podcast on pretty much all of the platforms, yeah. uh, iTunes, Spotify, all those different things. There you go. Look up SurgeCast. Uh, again, I am your host, Scotty Gurman, and Tim Grubb saying thank you guys so much from Wichita, Kansas. And as always, Surge up. <laughs>